the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. It's time to launch into the San Diego Air and Space Museum Radio Hour. First open to the public on February 15, 1963, the San Diego Air and Space Museum has served San Diego as one of the largest aviation museums in the nation. From the golden age of flight to how modern jets and space explorations work, the San Diego Air and Space Museum has so many exhibits and events to offer. This monthly hourly program will jam-pack all that's going on at the museum. If you want to donate to the museum, go to SanDiegoAirAndSpace.org. For now, let's take off into the San Diego Air and Space Museum Radio Hour. Now, here's your captain, Dave Stahl. <laughs> all right, folks, sit down and buckle up. Uh, we've got two very special guests. We've got Katrina Pescadero. She is uh, Collections, and what was the last part? It ran out. Research. And then we also have uh, Beverly Gould, Director of Education. And by the way, when you guys get to show on Monday, you got to listen to uh, Brendan's intro to the show. Nice. It's a hoot. And if you want to change anything, let me know. But I thought it was pretty cool. I'm now the captain. So we're doing this show, folks. It's brand new, and it's to highlight the San Diego Air and Space Museum, which has been around forever, it seems like. And it's one of the largest museums in San Diego County related to aviation and space. They have some of the most prestigious uh, astronauts, pilots, planes, you name it, it's been to this uh, museum. And the museum is really for the kids, it's for the adults, it's for grandma and grandpa. It's just a fun time had by all. Ladies, welcome to the show. Thank you for Thank having you. us. It's our total pleasure. So, uh, let, let's, Katrina, how long have you been with the museum? For 17 years in July. Wow. And how about you? I've been here since August. Oh, you're the newbie in the group. I am the newbie. But you're doing the educational side of it. I am. So all kinds of different things. We definitely go from age two all the way through senior citizens. So we are big believers in lifelong learners. Right. And and you're and the museum is so interactive. I mean, it's not just like walking around and looking at something and keep on walking. If you want to get involved, you guys have events all the time that gets the kids and the adults in, in, involved. We do. And we have an upcoming family day of Space Day coming up May 21st. So we're super excited to talk about all things space and to have a lot of our community partners come in. We have uh, JPL ambassadors, SETI's coming in with the dark skies. We also have the San Diego Astronomical Association coming in to show us uh, sun telescopes. I didn't think you could look at the sun. Yeah, they have safe telescopes, so we were able to actually see sunspots and other things on the sun. We're we're super excited to have all of these people join us for Space Day. Right, and the beauty about all that is it's all on the website. It is. Yeah, so all you have to do is go to org. 
it's all right there uh and and, and i and i have to say at the very beginning folks if you want if you go and you absolutely fall in love with this museum you can be part of it mm-hmm. right yes you can definitely become a member uh-huh. and there's some benefits for that but it also helps us with our mission of inspiring celebrating preserving right exactly so collections well i don't know if i would like that title is that a good <laughs> it's a, title it's a good title it's is it a, fun, a good title yeah it's a fun so, part a lot of people don't see it. it's behind the scenes but it's taking care of the collection long term so mm-hmm. it'll last years to come for next generations oh, to also that kind of collection i thought you were going and getting no. my money no oh. i like money too well, but. Just, <laughs> but and 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 that's just got to be one heck of a job because that collection is massive we have a very large collection as you said we were like we're probably number five in the nation in size wow. with our collections but our library is number two in its size and we have two other locations we have our gillespie field Mm -hmm. annex that has aircraft on display right and then we have the low speed wind tunnel that's operational that also has collections and i just found out about the low speed wind tunnel and i cannot wait to go out and take a look at that because if folks if you're listening and you go wind tunnel what's a wind tunnel just go out just Mm -hmm. go check it out uh do you know the days of operation out of the window so it is operational so they're doing testing so if you go to our website you can get contact information to try to schedule a tour but so it's a working it's a working wind tunnel yes Uh, and then if you go out to the one in uh gillespie 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 filled that just look for that big rocket ship you can't miss that's correct it's right off of um the 67th on prospect drive and there's the, the atlas missile right there and that's open tuesday through saturday right and if you haven't you know, it's so funny too because i people i ask them i say you've been down to the air and space museum they go where's that with those two great big airplanes are mm-hmm. oh yeah i know where that's at which yeah. is pretty that those are pretty impressive mm-hmm. just to themselves and, and and that's really it's a fun time to go down you can spend hours in that museum you have so so much and docents you've got amazing docents mm-hmm. that know everything there is to know about that museum and and you've got i don't know if you want to call them floor changes necessarily but you have events that you know change and rotate and you highlight you know different people in aviation so we do have an event coming up april 23rd and Mm. it's for the apollo 16th anniversary so we do that we do anniversary events we also have a international hall of fame event that we do fall winter period mm-hmm. honoring significant people in aviation and space history yeah. um so we do both kind of events each year we also have a golf tournament that we do each year right yeah. is that your big big fundraising so event yeah that in the hall of fame yeah you need to invite you know who elon musk <laughs> boy he's shooting people into the sky right oh yeah and you know how much money that must cost See, he'd be a great uh, he'd be a great person to have, uh, you know, helping helping out the museum. And I got a sneaky feeling he would. He looks like that type of type of a person. But no, it's 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 just an amazing an amazing place. Oh, and also, I can't not forget this. If you have somebody in the family that's kind of aviation oriented, and you don't know what to get them for their birthday or your anniversary or what have you, your uh, gift shop is amazing right right and in addition to our gift shop we also are selling things online we have an etsy store and an ebay store so if you go to our website under shop Uh you will see the online stuff that we have for sale it doesn't 
it doesn't show what we have in the gift shop. Oh. But the stuff in on our online store are surplus items, rare items that we've decided we didn't want to keep in the collection. Really? Um, sometimes we get donations in and they're duplicated books and th- magazines. So we will offer them online for sale. So you can find some pretty unique items. You can have went all day without telling me that. <laughs> now I'm going to have to go online. I'm terrible. I've been up in five B-17s. I've been up at a B-24. I love aviation. Oh. And I bought some stuff out of your gift shop. Now you've got me going online. But I'm going to do it. Well, you're going to find things you can't find. Normally, uh, I know. So. <laughs> and I love collecting. You know, I just, I just love collecting because history, especially in aviation, I mean, it's just, you know, people don't kind of take aviation for granted, you know, I mean, because but when you look at the history of aviation and how you how they got from, you know, the Wright brothers to today, it's 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 literally mind boggling. And I was just watching something on TV last night and it was a woman uh, back in the day who was I can't skeleton uh, skeleton was her last name. I think it was. Another great, you know, a woman in, in the history of, of aviation, which, you know, wasn't thought of too much back back in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let me ask, well, let's go ahead and take a quick break because we're just about ready to do that. And we come back. I want to talk a little bit about uh, how, you know, schools can get involved with the Air and Space Museum and do field trips. Yes. And I got a feeling you might know something about it. I do. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick break. This is San Diego Air and Space Museum Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170, The Answer. All right, folks, hey, welcome back. You're listening to San Diego Air and Space Museum Radio right here on FM 96.1, AM 1170. We got Katrina Pescadero and uh, Becky Gould are from the museum. And we're going to be doing this once a month. We're going to keep you abreast as to what's going on at the museum, special events. They're constantly changing what they do for the community. And, and I got to tell you, that's really what this museum is all about. It's all about the community. It's about youth. It's about kids. And you can always go to San Diego Air and Space Museum.org for anything you may have missed here. We're going to eventually put this show on the website. So if you did have happen to miss it you know you'll be able to to tune in there uh we were talking about or i talking a little bit about kids and you know i think we're starting once we're getting out of the pandemic we're starting to have field trips again yes they just opened up at the first of april in san diego we've had a few coming in but uh-huh. yes teachers can definitely come and bring their class wow. you can take a tour of the museum and then we also have an add-on program where you can come into our classroom and do a hands-on engineering challenge so we have things like safe landing which mimics the landing of rovers on mars we have making your own um, rockets and blasting those off we also have things where you can make some airplanes and who doesn't want to come in and get your hands dirty and um, problem solve. We're really into thinking about problem solving and kind of creating the workforce of the future. And I think that engineering and the design process is definitely part of that. Well, and I don't think people realize, but when it, when your museum does that, you don't know what that does to a child that could flick a switch just as quick as anything, right? Oh, definitely. So, and, and I think you've got simulators, uh, Katrina, down yes, at the museum. Yes, we have simulators. We also have a 3D, 4D theater also. Really? It has motion and everything. 
Right. And, 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 and you guys really, you know, I mean, now does those, those events, is that an additional price or does that come with the, uh, price of admission? So the theater is free, but there is a, there is a charge for the simulators. Okay. And I'm sure it's not hundreds and hundreds of dollars. No. It's, (laughs) it's just enough to keep it running and the maintenance and the update. And do the simulations change throughout the year? They do. They have different programs that, um, people can pick from. Oh. Yep. Okay, well, that's cool. Do you need to make an appointment for that, or is that just... There's a line that leads up to it, and it's usually a small line. Yeah, but there's always a line, right? (laughs) There's always a line. Well, yeah, and, and, you know, it would be interesting to see, you know, what the history, you know, of the museum and how many kids went there, and it caused them to become an engineer or become a pilot or, you know, Mark Larson. I think that's why he's finally got his pilot license. I think it took him longer to get a pilot license than anybody on the planet. I think he's <laughs> took him forever, but he's got it. You know, uh, either one of you guys fly? Uh, no, but we do offer ground school at the museum as well. So what? a lot of people don't know. We do have um, one of our educators is a former military helicopter pilot, and wow. he teaches uh, ground school so that you can get the lessons that you need on the ground to go out and fly. So no that's a kidding. great small class size and um, high pass rate. But if you want to get your legs wet and yeah. uh, get going on your pilot license, it's a great school for that. Well, and I think that's important because if you sit there and say, okay, I think I'd like to get a pilot's license. Okay, now what are you going to do? Right? Right. You don't know what to do. But if you went to the museum and took this this class, at least you would say, oh, this is definitely what I want to do. Or maybe it's not what I want to do. That is such a cool uh, uh, feature. It ranges in age from middle school all the way through seniors. So no it's great of um, kind of community that uh, his name's Roscoe Davis and he uh-huh. has built uh, over the years. So we are very proud to have a ground school as part wow. of our educational offerings. I hope you have large chairs because I can see some 65-year-old grandpa sitting in a little, you know, second-year-old chair. We usually host it in our boardroom. Oh, okay. oh well, those are nice big yeah. chairs. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I couldn't help myself. Uh, so, you know, if the other thing that I, I like to talk about to people with museums, let's say you've got family members that were in the in the air force or the or you know or the army air corps i mean if we want to go far enough back and you've got uniforms helmets not just speaking to you katrina those are great items to donate to the museum wouldn't you agree i agree we get we get a lot of um family collections Mm -hmm. a a lot of world war ii we don't have as much world war one because it's further back sure Um, sure sure so those donations came earlier Mm -hmm. um but yeah and now we're kind of getting more of the vietnam era korea war donations but yeah we have pretty significant collection and uniforms and in addition to the artifacts that families give us they also give us their personal papers maybe their career in the military or their career right. with an aircraft manage, man, manufacturing company so mm-hmm. i was mentioning earlier before that a lot of people don't realize we have a library in our collection mm-hmm. which is open to the public to research and go through um photographs or personal papers of someone significant in aviation and um it also, we also use that information to inspire this younger generation to tell mm-hmm. those stories of these people in the past. I got to tell you, probably my, and one of many displays that you have in the museum that I absolutely love is the Tuskegee Airmen. Yes. There's, I get goosebumps every time I watch them on TV. I watch the movie. Mm-hmm. I must have watched it 27 times. 
you have such a great collection of Tuskegee Airmen memorabilia. And for folks, if you're not familiar with what that is, that was uh, black airmen, you know, that really weren't accepted at, at the time back in the day. But they turned out to be one of the finest flying crew or flying forces the military ever had. Yes. And I just think it's so cool that you guys really honor those folks. And it's right dead in the middle of the museum. You can't miss it. Yeah. So we, we honored them in our International Air and Space Hall of Fame. So right. some of the past members came to the event. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it was great meeting meeting them and occasionally they'll come revisit again for our next event sure yeah wouldn't you yeah and and and, you know you guys and just because it's you will even do non-aviation events i have to tell you since i'm kind of the car guy uh we had uh steve mcqueen's mustang was in town and we did a, a a shop talk in the your museum with the car the owner and it was it was like i got to MC it for like over an hour and i was just blown away and which rolls right into if you have a somebody in a family that's into aviation space any of the above and you want to hold a birthday party or a, a wedding or an anniversary Yes, the education department runs birthdays, so uh-huh. you do get um, time here to come. You get a personal tour, and wow. you get an activity to do, and we've um, been hosting birthdays for ages 3 through 12 this year, and wow. that has been back in full force because it's an outside um, covered place that you yeah. can have it, so a lot of people felt really safe. Coming yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what if I'm 65 and I want a birthday party? Uh, then you can talk to our special events department, and yes, oh. you too can have your birthday. You have that too, space. right? Yes. Yeah, I wish have. I, I wish I was 65. Anyway, we yeah. actually have a great venue, so our events um, staff are scheduling events on a regular basis for weddings, mm-hmm. high school graduations, mm-hmm. proms, right. Um, because we're in the historic Ford building, it's a unique, unique building in addition to the artifacts that we have right. displayed around. So a lot of people do seek out our location for um, something special. I love going to the museum and then going in that center foyer where the sun comes roaring in and just sit. Yeah. You know, just sit there and relax and just kind of take it all in. Because that's another thing that's so neat about the museum, the way it's laid out. You're not bumper to bumper with people. It's it's done in such a way that you can casually walk through the museum at your own pace. Or if you go with a with a docent, which is helpful as well because it really educates you when you have a docent on hand. Yeah, our, our exhibits are displayed in chronological order. So our building, because it's round, it's perfect to go yeah. in a circular motion. And then in the center is the Pavilion of Flight, which is a resting area. And because it's the Ford, was the Ford building built in 1935, it has a V8 fountain in the center, and then it has benches around it. So it is a nice resting place. We also have displays in that area, too. And, you you know, and a lot of people don't realize how important San Diego was to aviation. I think the Spirit of St. Louis was built here in San Diego, and that's right at the entrance when you walk into the museum, so you have an opportunity. I think it's a isn't that a talking to a display? We do have an animatronic. The animatronic, that's the word. Charles Lindbergh. But we've also, we date way back in aviation history. Glenn Curtis um, trained the first military pilots at North Island. Yeah. The Army, the Navy at North Island, as well as manufacturing companies, mm-hmm. Fleet, Reuben H. Fleet with Consolidated Convair, General wow. Dynamics, Ryan, 
with the spirit of St. Louis. Correct. So a long history of aviation. Right. And again, going back to the museum, you know, if you're if you're doing a book report or if you're doing anything at all and you need historical information, now you can't check books out. Correct. But you can sit in the library. I think you can copy sheet your pages if you need to or what have you. But and then you have people in the library that can help you. Because I'm sure it's a pretty good sized library. I've not made it to the library, but I am definitely going to make a trek down and and check out the library because it sounds like it's pretty cool. Yeah, we have a, a really large collection. So even though we're a non-circulating library, mm-hmm. we do make photocopies of books for people. But people mainly come for our archival materials mm-hmm. and our photographs. And because we know, especially during the pandemic period, mm-hmm. um, People can't always come physically to our site, so we've been putting more and more materials online. So we have over 400,000 digital assets online of photographs, documents, so people can still go to our website, see what we have, and then they can contact us and say they want, or they can download it for free from the website or from... Flickr, YouTube, uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, or they can actually come in if they want to I would to recommend you come in. Yeah. Well, we always like people coming. We just ask that they make an appointment first. Yeah. Well, especially for the library? Yes, for the library. Gotcha. Yeah. So, pandemic's quasi over. Are we starting to see more attendance to the museum? Yes, it's coming back. Yeah, it's almost like it's coming back in a rage because everybody wants to get out and they want to go, you know, and, and that's crazy about people that live here in San Diego. They live here. Normally, we don't go to the museums until relatives or family comes to town, right? Right. We need to start doing it when there is no, you know, come out, spend the, you know, because you guys are open six days a week? Seven days a week. Seven days a week. Wow, I guess that's Monday through Friday, or Monday through Sunday. That's awesome. And as you were saying, too, it changes. So our exhibits change. We have a special exhibit right now on Galileo. So And then we change our special exhibits every year. So just because you've seen it doesn't mean you've seen it. It changes. How often do you do do changes? The special exhibits are every year. But then we also do um, changes on our permanent exhibits. Like we have to rotate the collections. You can't have them in the light too long. So we're changing out some artifacts on the floor also. I didn't know that. All right. When we come back, we're going to talk about what's it cost to go to the museum. And I think you'll be pleasantly surprised right here on San Diego Air and Space Museum Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170, The Answer. All right, folks. Welcome back to San Diego Air and Space. Space Museum radio show right here on KCBQ AM 1170. We got Katrina and Becky in the house, and we are talking about the inner workings of the Air and Space Museum. What'd you say, the fourth largest? So we're the fifth Fifth largest largest in the nation for our artifacts, Uh but the second largest in our archival collection. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking, well, maybe that's something I'd like to get involved in. I wonder how difficult it would be. Well, there are many, many, many opportunities to participate. Who wants to take that ball? So um, I'll I'll take it, Becky, if you don't mind. Okay. Uh, We have a lot of volunteer opportunities for people that um, want to learn more about aviation or want to Um, utilize their skills for our mission. Mm -hmm. So we have um, volunteer opportunities in our library, docenting. We also have a really large restoration department. We have two locations, our main site and Mm -hmm. our um, El Cajon 
site for restoration, and that requires a skill sure. you know, to build airplanes. We can build airplanes from scratch, from the ground up, or we will restore damaged aircraft mm-hmm. or aircraft that had deteriorated over time. But we need all kinds of people to help out. We also have high school internship programs, college really? internship programs to help them learn an area, mainly in archive libraries or just getting some type of work experience so they know what it's like to be in the workforce. Wow. So and some of, of those can be used as credits That's correct. to get a degree in whatever the case may be. And when we talk restoration, no, you don't have to be an aeronautical engineer. You just have to be trainable. That's you know. correct. We have we have different skill levels right. in our restoration department. Usually, the ones that have um, that haven't spent a lifetime doing mm-hmm. it, they mm-hmm. usually just stay for a short period of time because they're trying to see if they want to go into engineering for college, or they are a college student or a graduate right. of college, just trying to get a little hands-on experience. How cool! I mean, isn't that? I mean, to me, that is amazing because yep. how many kids, boys and girls, go to college thinking they want this? You know you know major and once they get in this this isn't what i wanted this is no fun but if they were to go to the museum and you know actually get a little you get their feet wet whatever it it could be marketing it could be you know i didn't you say is it a docent you have that's 14 or was that somebody in the education department in the education department down um making straw rockets with kids and um doing that so we're really excited to have so many high schoolers helping out in education to see whether they like museum life teaching life just how to work you know that you have to tell your boss you're coming in for the day those (laughs) kind of simple things it's just uh, a lot of fun to see their growth and a lot of them spend about three months with us well and it's cool when you have kids teaching kids Mm -hmm. they seem to listen Mm -hmm. you know maybe a little bit better in some cases but then some adults you know if they've got that mentoring you know technology maybe you did it in your whole career and you're you're retired and you and you just can't stand sitting at home and cutting the grass but you'd like to be a little more involved i think i think being a docent or even in the educational department is is, is so rewarding it, it definitely is our docents are some of the best storytellers that i've ever met and they uh definitely bring the color to the uh to the different displays that we have i love that that's great i was in there the other day and there was a gentleman telling a story and you're right the color was definitely there it wasn't like he was reading it out of a book and he was going to put you to sleep he didn't have anything in front of him and he was so knowledgeable i had a meeting with uh, jim mckidrick and thank you jim for helping me with this show and i actually was late because I stood back and I was listening to the docent tell the story of mm-hmm. of the display that he was at, and and the people that were standing around were just as mesmerized as as I was. So yeah. it's really fun. It really is a fun event. It, it definitely is, and uh, I think they are um, definitely giving some thoughts behind the space too. Sure. Um, in education this spring, we've definitely been thinking about moon colonization. And uh, we have a seven-week program going at one of the local elementary schools, definitely doing everything from hydroponic farming to building robotic rovers to building habitats using 3D printers. So we're bringing that technology and some of these things that students really haven't had an opportunity to use under the air and space guidance to think about what it would be like to live on the moon 
Because it very easily could happen. I mean, I mean, whoever thought we were even going to go to the moon? And now we're talking Mars. I mean, it's almost like space is endless. It's just, it's just going to take time, money, investment, and the younger generations to to push this this project forward. Oh yeah, the, they we will be returning to the moon with the Artemis One program yeah. um, in the next five to seven years. Wow! So, and this is going to definitely show role models to youngsters on mm-hmm. from people of color to women will be on the moon. So that's going to be a very exciting time as we start that this year when they're going to launch the first one into space. Wow! Are you going? Uh, not yet. I'm waiting for Jeff Bezos to call my name and say, hey, come on down. It's would your you turn. Go? I would. I'm, I have been wanting to go to space camp and since I was little. And yeah. now I get the opportunity to work at an Air and Space Museum and inspire that in others. Wow. What about you, Katrina? I would love to go to space. Yeah. I, I just, you know, ever since I've seen... Um, uh, you know the movies back in the days. You know it's always it's always intrigued me. You know what it would be like to be weightless, and and but I like the idea that you're you're not only just talking about it, but how to survive in space. You know with hyponics and those types of things, and the different kinds of foods and how you deal with weightlessness. And I think that's what's really important about our space program is that all of this is being you know researched and studied and. Yeah, but you can start them at as little as what? How old? Well, this program right now, the youngest one is first grade, but I think it's kind of exciting to see them. One of their favorite projects has been the Lunar Loo. So I didn't know this till I worked at the Space Museum, but that NASA sponsors contests for uh-huh. different things they're trying to figure out. And one of them was to find a toilet that would work at the one six gravity on the moon. So we took some of those requirements that they had and then had the students kind of brainstorm very into it that it was supposed to be a one day activity and they made it into three because they were really into designing the next lunar loo. Wow. I personally can't even imagine it now that, you know, when you think about the weightlessness and, mm-hmm. or even eating, you know, just trying to eat something, you know, up in, in, in when, when you have zero gravity. Right. Well, a lot of it comes in liquid forms yes. um, and that kind of thing and dehydrated and, sure. uh, you know, the recycling but the bathroom is crazy. Well, and they recycle water on yeah. the International Space Station. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting that they take the humidity and even the urine and they process it so well that the motto is today's coffee is tomorrow's coffee. That's a T-shirt. You got to get them and put them in the gift shop. Yeah. That is a T-shirt. If nothing else, it'll have people go, huh? what are we talking about? Yeah. yeah. Well, again, that's what's so exciting about museums. I mean, and I think that's, I mean, that's just what's so exciting about a, a museum is that you can go there for a minimal amount of money. What does it cost to go to the museum? Uh, 23. 23. Oh, you did it in stereo. I like yeah, that. 23 for uh, 12 and up and 13 for... Under 12 to 3. 3 is free. 3 yeah. and under is free. But if you join the museum and get a, what, a yearly pass or a family right. pass? Right. Then it's free. You're yeah. around after you pay your membership. And you can go as many times as you like. That's yeah. And I think, don't you get gift gift passes? Like gift if, passes. Yep. 
And I think, uh, what's it cost for a yearly pass, roughly? Uh, it, there's different levels, so they'd have to look on our website right. for family, individual. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's around 75 for an individual and around 150 for a family. So how it makes it. Goodness great. You can't even go to the movies for that, or right. you can't go to a Padre game yeah. for that. And we do offer free admission to active duty service oh, members. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, and all you have to do is show your ID card, Correct. which they don't go anywhere without yeah. it, right? Right. Now that I've ever seen it, anyway. And the other thing that's that's interesting about the museum is that you have guests, speakers come in that are either active uh, military or past astronauts. I know you guys have had astronauts in quite a few times, which are special events that people can come and listen right. to them speak. And sometimes you'll even have an event or if it's a celebration of a specific event that happened, in, uh, whether it be in space or, or just aviation. Which is all on the website. It's true. org. I would bookmark that on your computer. And I would probably recommend you look at it, what, monthly? Oh, yeah. If not I mean, sooner. We, we definitely update it all the time. Yeah, you're saying, I think, almost weekly, right? Yeah, well, I'm in education, so we've been updating our summer camp offerings. Oh, that's right. We also have a preschool program that we update wow. um, quite a few times. And some other opportunities that we have like space day and uh-huh. some of the special events are updated as they come come towards their right date. and i would assume those events you, you the first come first serve because they do fill up oh definitely so yeah. i especially the april 23rd one we are having an astronaut come a moonwalker in fact charlie duke will be there the youngest moonwalker ever really yeah Ooh, i'm getting goosebumps yeah he's exciting he was here with us in november and uh-huh. And he agreed to come back for the celebration of Apollo 16. Yeah. So we're super excited to have him back. And his sidekick, Dee O'Hare, who's the nurse for NASA. So she has all those behind-the-scenes stories that what? you always wanted to know and yeah. never could. So she was definitely the female in an all-boys club. Uh, and the only way you're going to get those stories... Is to come out to the April 23rd Apollo 16 celebration. What? 50 years. I think it's kind of exciting. That, that is. 50 years for Apollo 16 and 17 in 2022. See, and I was here back then. Yeah. You weren't, and neither were you. I'm 50. <laughs> you were just, a, just little, a You were just a little <laughs> cute baby laying in the crib wanting something to eat. I know how that goes. And, and I think that's that's the beauty of it because, again, there was, you know, there was a time we didn't have cell phones. There was a time we didn't have a computer. And that's what museums bring to the table. Here's what it was like back in the day. Take a look. See how you would like to do that. I mean, when I was a kid, we always we were outside more than we were ever indoors, you know, because that's what we did when we were little. Yeah, I, I know my kids are out of touch when I say I didn't have a cell phone. And, <gasps> and to be able to search information so quickly when back in the day we had to go into a library or archives to find out that information or the encyclopedia. Yeah, remember that guy that come to your house, knock on the door, and try to sell you Mm -hmm. a complete set of encyclopedias? Yeah. Yeah, but those were pretty cool, though. I have to say they had pictures. I mean, it was really cool. I mean, it gave you something to read. I don't know. Now we have Wikipedia. I know. We got Google and all the rest of those kinds of things. But, folks, you know, we really, I can't recommend highly, any more highly than not Go to the museum. Join. Be part of it. 
uh, let your kids know, especially if your kids are getting ready to go on vacation or summer break or what have you, and you know they're sitting around the house and they don't know what to do, and take their iPads away, take their phones away, and take them to the San Diego Air and Space Museum just for the day. And there's restaurants down in the area. Uh, do you guys have a restaurant in the museum? We do have a cafe, but it's it it it's operational during the weekends gotcha. or spring break, summer break. Right, 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 right. But there's plenty of places you plenty can eat places. down in the area. But take the kids, take them to the museum, and then sit down and talk to them and ask them what did you think, what did, what really got you excited? Did, was there anything in? And one last thing, just to add on to that, yeah. we had, at the very end of the tour, there's a there's a survey kiosk as you're exiting the museum and we want people to give their input on what they liked what they didn't like what they'd like to see happen so we do check that often so please when you come give us your 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 opinion and it probably only takes a few minutes to do the the five questions oh that's even better all right let's take a quick break we got one more second right here at san diego air and space museum radio Right here on FM 96.1 AM 1170, The Answer. All right, folks. Welcome back to San Diego Air and Space Museum Radio. Right here on FM 96.1 AM 1170, The Answer. Darn, she's good. You'll have to try it next. Uh, That's... That was uh, Becky Gould. She is the director of education, and we have Katrina Pescadero. She does. She kind of takes care of the collection, and what was the other part? Research and research. And these are two of the very integral people in the museum. From an educational standpoint, that's for you and your kids and everybody in the family. And 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 Katrina just makes sure that when you get there, what you see is you're going to be blown away right that's correct and again just kind of a recap you're the fifth largest air and space museum in the in in the united states correct and the second largest uh library correct which is huge and and folks if you have anybody in the family that's you know retired or has or you have any aviation memorabilia whether it's paperwork uniforms books stories photos whatever the museum will take care of it as if it's their own and in some cases when you guys get donations there are times where you'll actually put a plaque next to that donation if it's if it's of of important to to recognize the person that donated it so we um if if it doesn't it doesn't always make it on the floor so one of the big things the donors ask is will it go on display right not always Mm -hmm. not right away but when it does go on the floor we do put a little note of who the donor was gotcha we also put it online so our goal Uh. is because objects sometimes are in storage Mm -hmm. and a lot of that is for the care long-term care of it sure um, we put photographs online so people can still see it, mm-hmm. even though it's not on the gallery floor. And, and sometimes, you know, like I said, it's, you know, you never know what you're going to turn in. And, and like I said, it, depending on the condition of it, maybe it needs to be freshened up or maybe it needs to be put in a frame. So you're right. Don't get excited and think that if you donate a, you know, a helmet that it's going to end up on display tomorrow. Right. No, that's not necessarily the case. So, and the library, of course, I'm sure you have more books that are still in boxes that you haven't gone through. We do have a backlog, mainly because of that 
COVID quarantine period oh. where we weren't necessarily on site. We were working remotely. Right. But we've after after people started coming back, then we got a, a lot of donations that came in because they had to wait a period of time right. before they could make their donations. Right. So we are always working to process sure. collections, always working to get them online so people can see them. COVID cleared out a lot of closets. They ended up with a lot of stuff. Uh, the museum is also huge into education. So if you're a school teacher or if you're a parent and you're listening to this show and you'd like your kids to be able to come down to the museum, just go to the website, San Diego Air and Space Museum.org, and I'm sure there's a button they can touch to, to get there's it. There's a whole learn button that you can yeah. go and it's everything like i said from preschool programs to summer camp to field trips to we can come to you at your school yeah we do a lot of what we call outreach programs Mm -hmm. so if you aren't allowed on a school bus yet and you still want the air and space to come to you we have been out quite a bit this year to come and it doesn't necessarily have to be a school you could be a girl scout leader you could be any kind of after school provider we can come to you and do some of our outreach programs and really do hands-on minds on thinking type things with your students um, we also do, we have a speakers bureau with our docent corps. Mm. They will go out and talk to um, groups like senior group homes mm-hmm. and um, other adult, you know, older group. Um, what other organizations? Do well, they probably Kiwanis. Oh, yeah. Or, oh, for sure. Because they're always looking for, for somebody sure. to talk. Anyone that's looking for a, a, speaker. a speaker on a topic. An, a, can, an interesting topic. That's correct. And especially a topic of history, which is really where your, your mainstay is. Right. And future. Right. Because, you know, you've got programs that are about the future that the general public may not know a thing about that if they knew, how cool is that? Right. Yeah. And you could hold events at the museum. You can do meetings. You can do parties. I mean, you can rent out, you know, portions of the museum for your event does not necessarily have to be aviation related or space right right we've had people that were doctors politicians um all kinds weddings so high school homecomings and proms so just if you think it would be a interesting location you can rent the whole museum at night and have a nice sit down dinner and then walk around i got one for you you probably don't even know i know but you're going to do salute to education uh, Ford Salute to Education. They're going. They're doing their scholarship, uh, uh, giving out the scholar. I read for. The, I've been doing it since the day it started, and I just can't wait to come down to the museum because they used to do it in some place downtown. And when I heard they've been, they're doing it at the Air and Space Museum. I go, all right, I won't miss this one because, you know, again, after it's over, you can walk around and, and look at the displays or just mm-hmm. walk out slowly. <laughs> That's and right. they, they've been doing that many years at our location. Yeah. I mean, what perfect site or the Ford building? Hello. No, no, it, it's great. Leanne Eldridge, mm-hmm. she's just is such a sweetheart and she does such a good job. Uh, volunteers, I mean, if you're retired from maybe, you know, the aviation com- you know, community or maybe you just, maybe you were a private pilot or maybe you just like talking. <laughs> I mean, well, I said, can, uh, we have all walks of life. Yeah. We have librarian volunteers. Yeah. We have marketing people from marketing, HR. We need everybody you do. to help. Yes, you do. Because it is a volunteer position. It's mm-hmm. not like you're going to get paid. But there are such great benefits by being a docent or being a volunteer, whether it's free admission to the to the museum, you get to wear a cool jacket in some cases. 
cases. Uh, but see, she's smiling. She's you know. yes. We have bright red jackets yes, that are do. earned. So oh, you, you do you not have get to. to wear it until you earn it. So uh, I feel like that's always a fun. I have a feeling you're the judge. Why don't we uh, get that? No, that I'm would... actually the judge. So uh, they actually go through a very strenuous training. Sure, it takes six months to twelve months to pass the test. Really? So the docents truly are the experts in yes, the museum. They know all the galleries, and they work really hard to earn that red jacket that yeah. they wear. And it's not one display no it's, it's all. all they have to know everything well you've only got seven displays right no <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness so i can't tap dance i just can't go down there and t- no you oh have to man. work for it oh man. <laughs> well but you know again folks I, I i can't i can't thank these lovely ladies taking time out of their sunday to come in but i'm telling you they're as passionate as anybody could possibly be and everybody that I've ever bumped into at the Air and Space Museum, you guys all have the same disease. You're so infectious and so helpful to anybody and everybody that walks through those doors to try to hopefully make it to where they leave. They've learned something, you know, a little to a lot. You know, it doesn't really make a difference. And you may change somebody's life, a little boy, a little girl, even an older person. Maybe they'll learn something. I mean, I'll bet you there's people that have looked on the wall and said, holy moly, that's my uncle. I mean, have you not heard those stories? It is definitely our mission to inspire. And occasionally we do get people that come back and say how we impacted their lives. And we do it just just to let you know, we do have a scholarship program. Do you? So we offer that every year. We have five different scholarships. To t- for high school students to mm-hmm. go on into a STEM field. It doesn't always have to be just aviation. Right. But the, the STEM fields we offer, as well as Convair, um, anyone that has family members that had worked for Convair Consolidated, uh-huh. their descendants are eligible for one of our scholarships. Really? Yeah, I so. bet you can find that on the website. It's on the website. So check every year we do that for graduating seniors. Yeah. Well, I tell you, anything we missed before I let you folks out? No, now is the time for coming in. We're open seven days a week from 10 to 5. and um, Yeah, and you got it. it. I mean, like I said, it's, it's, it's a fun day had by all. It's a little bit of exercise. I mean, how much walking? Have you ever put a little walker on to see no, how? Our f- building is 100,000 square feet. That's enough exercise <laughs> for me. That's more than 10 steps. I mean, so that's, well, and the other thing, too, is you go at your own pace. Right. You know, and you don't have, and you'll be shocked when you say, what the world is that? Oh, look at this. Oh, look at that. Oh, look at this. And like I said, it does change all the time. They're always looking for volunteers. But the main thing is go to the website. That'll answer any and all questions that you may have. Uh, and, 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 and so get involved. You know, I mean, it's it'll put a smile on your face. You know, and I know you're constantly looking for volunteers and docents, but I got a feeling your turnover is pretty small. It is. So people stay. We're, we're Can't get rid of them. <laughs> yeah. Well, like I said, and, and I, and I, uh, you know, Becky, I think being the director of education has just got to be so rewarding. Oh, so much. We get to touch so many lives oh, and, and it's exciting to see little infectious minds just growing right in front of you. And see so you as well, Katrina. You've been there, what, 17, 17 years, you said? years, yes. Great years. Oh, absolutely. Go by like a nanosecond, yep. don't they? 
They do. It's like it was just yesterday. I know. <laughs> well, and you got more to do. You got yeah. more to see. You got more to collect. You got more to, to share. And you're brand new, so you really got to be buzzing over there. Oh, definitely. Can't wait for Monday. Can't wait for Monday. Can't wait for summer camp. Can't wait for a lot of different things. Yeah. We've got uh, many irons in the fire. Yeah. So come so on out and see it. Is summer camp going to be cool? You got to. We are. We're partnering with San Diego Unified to do their Level Up program. Uh, and we also have 12 offerings of museum camp. So we have everything from Astro Tots for TK and K all yeah. the way up through aviation simulation for the high schoolers to learn to be a pilot and do some practice on a computer. That is so, so cool. So many offerings for that. All right. San Diego Air and Space Museum.org, folks. Don't hesitate. Check it out. Uh, Katrina Pescadero and Becky Gould, thank you. Thank you very much for coming in. And I hope you get to come in next week. And if Jim wants to come in, he can come with you. Okay. We have an extra chair right there. Nope. Thank you. All right, August. folks. Thank we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to San Diego Air and Space Museum Radio right here on FM 961, AM 1170. The answer. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. 